1: thought you want but now it shows in shining moment it's all on the line in one shining moment they're thrown an entire okay so if cbs is going to play it at the end of the tournament we might as well just lead off the tournament with it, right? I, I know how a lot of people feel about one shining moment. Don't ask Rod Babers, by the way. There's some who just don't like it. But for me, it's kind of an anthem of this tournament is underway. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to uh, Light the Tower here on the Horn, 1049, 1019, and AM 1260, and uh, Streaming. As always, on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. We wish you good morning from downtown Des Moines, Iowa. site, of course, first and second round action of the NCAA tournament, where tonight the number two C-Texas Longhorns will take on the Colgate Raiders in the uh, first round at the Wells Fargo Arena, about uh, half a mile to our uh, north is uh, where the arena is, where the Longhorns will take on uh, the uh, champions of the Patriot League. Uh, that being uh, the Colgate Raider, So uh, we're getting you ready for it, obviously, today. Uh, my partner, Jeff Howe, will join me uh, here right ar- right around the bottom of the hour. He was finishing up some work for Warren's 24-7 and then uh, headed over here to join me in the uh, Longhorn Team Headquarter Hotel is where we're doing the uh, program from. And glad to have you with us. Our, our uh, producer, Cameron Parker, who's been working hard getting things ready for this one back uh, at the ARN com- uh, compound here this morning. How are you doing this morning, Cam?
2: Craig, with spring break, there was no traffic on the drive-in. I got here like 15 minutes early. It was incredible.
1: (laughs) That's nice. That that, that works out really well. I guess we could enjoy it for for what it's worth here. So we've got a couple more days of that before spring break abates over the weekend and do it. Now, did you have to dig very far to find the uh, the one shining moment there to to lead off the program with?
2: Well, there's about... Forty different versions I've noticed on YouTube, so I went with the one yeah. that was most played. This is the Luther Vandross
1: version. You yeah, got like Luther a, Vandross. Haha. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Teddy
2: Pendergrass has a version. A uh, Golden mm-hmm. Street Prelude has a per- version. Um, there's a you know like the March Madness version. So I went with the the Luther one. So hopefully that was the one you
1: were looking for. It, it's close enough. Put it that way. Uh, and and uh, I think that's the the one that cbs uses or the cbs turner group uses it's 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 close enough anyway and uh it's close enough to get us uh, ready for this ncaa tournament so yes uh we'll talk uh, some bracket things we've got comments uh from rodney terry from the news conference yesterday it was there in wells fargo arena in fact i even asked one of the questions i i normally don't ask questions at news conferences uh, when uh, of texas coaches the reason why is I know a lot of other people don't get that m- much of an opportunity to ask the head coach that question except in those kind of formal press conference settings. And uh, obviously I, I get a one-on-one with the coach before every game. So I usually just leave it to uh, the, you know the others to ask. But in this specific case, and the same thing happened when the players' availability happened, and that was before Rodney Terry was on. And uh, I asked Timmy Allen, it was the first question out of the box, only because when they said, well, we'll open it up for the student-athletes, there wasn't immediately anybody raising their hand. So I thought, okay, let me just make sure we're official on this. And so I asked Timmy, are you going to be good to go? Uh, how you feeling? He said 100%, uh, ready to go. He said full speed. Uh, I'll be out there. So, obviously, Timmy Allen is – is back and ready to go, and then and then for Rodney Terry, it was kind of a follow up to a question that someone asked Marcus Carr, and and we'll get to that coming up here in in just a few moments. We're going to let you hear uh, from Rodney both this hour and next hour. Also, a conversation with Bob Donawald. Now he's uh, the trusted the trusted associate head coach, Bob Donawald, uh, and. You know, kind of the offensive coordinator of the team, if you will, a little bit. And, and Bob has coached all over the world. He's coached in Russia and coached in China and coached their national teams and and coached at the collegiate level. He also has coached at the professional level. What professional level? Well, he coached what was then the D-League, now the G-League, you know, the, the minor league for the NBA. He coached the D-League team for the Minnesota Timberwolves. That D-League team was the Iowa Energy right here in this town, and uh, played at Wells Fargo Arena. That's where they played. And uh, so we had a little bit of fun with a a brief visit with him to talk about that as well. So that's coming up. Uh, We obviously have Inconceivable, which we'll get to, uh, but we'll have uh, Jeff Howe for the Notebooks also at the bottom of this and the next hour. Okay, so um, we'll save some of the specifics of the bracket uh, talks and picks coming up for when Jeff gets here as well, because I want to hear uh, his pick as, as as we get going. Uh, and of course, the tournament itself, the sixty-four team bracket, uh, gets underway just past eleven o'clock this morning. So you have uh, approximately fifty minutes. If you haven't uh, taken part in the Horns Bracket Challenge, the All State uh, all uh Bracket Challenge, you have about fifty minutes. To do that uh, in the Bracket Madness uh, Challenge. So you have uh, that much time. The March Bracket Challenge, Allstat, uh, March uh, Bracket Challenge for Allstat. And um, you could win a 55 inch uh, LG Smart TV from our good friend Tom McKay and audio visual consultation. So um, you have until about uh, the top of the hour. And if you haven't registered for a contest before, you certainly have the opportunity to do that you just you know go in and register and then uh, submit your uh, pick so you have an opportunity to do that and um, and I'll tell you what I actually submitted a bracket in uh, the bracket challenge and I will uh, I will reveal uh, my bracket we'll talk about that coming up as well as we'll hear what Cam has to say about his bracket and and also uh We'll hear from Jeff Howe, so we'll do that. But right now, I, I want to uh, uh, bring you some of this audio from uh, Rodney Terry, the Longhorns interim head coach, from the news conference yesterday. And uh, you know, the team went through uh, their uh, you know their forty minutes on the floor. <clears throat> Each of the teams get forty minutes on the floor, and they did that. They had a full practice yesterday at Handel University they are not allowed to have a shoot around inside the arena today there will be a shoot around uh that they'll they'll have uh later on this morning i think uh at uh, drake university they'll go over to uh, drake which is nearby it's not there's a lot that's not far you can get to most of the things pretty easily even from where the team is headquartered here in downtown you can get around to it Uh, pretty easily, and Drake's not far from it. So they're going to go over uh, to Drake for their uh, shoot-around today. But they had their 40 minutes on the floor. All the teams did. In case you're wondering, Texas did continue its tradition of of, uh, launching T-shirts into the stands to the fans who came out for the open practice. Uh, In fact, uh, of the teams that were here yesterday, I was a little surprised by this. Texas was the only one that had its band there. Uh, that I saw saw the time there. Um, Arkansas didn't have a band. Illinois didn't have its band there. Now, now they all obviously have their bands for the games, their basketball, pep bands, and and the like. But they didn't. uh, But Texas had its uh, band, its basketball band, uh, you know, fired up and playing uh, throughout the 40 minutes that the Longhorns were on the floor yesterday. And there was a a decent Longhorn fan contingent. Of course, remember, Kansas is playing in this in this building as well, they're in a different region. They're in the West region, but they start off in this pod, as uh, they're kind of referred to quite commonly as the pods. And they're they're playing, uh, you know, the first game of the day here at one o'clock against Howard University. But they had the first workout, the first forty minutes on the floor, uh, or I think Illinois did first, and then Kansas and Howard, and and then uh, and then Arkansas afterwards. Those four. I did visit with uh, several members of the Kansas contingent, and they are, and this is the way it's being described: hopeful. And I guess that's the best way to describe it. They are they are hopeful that that Bill Self will be back on the sidelines, but it's not a guarantee that that uh, Bill Self will be back on the uh, on the bench today for Kansas, uh, as he had that. Procedure that he underwent during the Big 12 Conference tournament, so it's not it's not a guarantee that he'll uh, be there, but they they're hopeful that he'll be there. And that was one of the takeaways I had from yesterday over the workouts. So, okay, now to uh, the press conference. As I mentioned, the players went first, and um, and it was uh, Timmy Allen and Marcus Carr and Brock Cunningham, and just to make sure uh, to that. This was clear right from the start. This, this, I think, was the ender, or it was right very close to the end. Uh, the question that was asked of uh, – uh, somebody asked of all three, of uh, Brock Cunningham, Marcus Carr, and Timmy Allen, uh, what they thought of, of Chris Beard taking the head coaching job at Mississippi State – at Mississippi, at Ole Miss. And Brock was the first answer, and he said – uh, heard heard about the news, something like that. He said uh, uh, something like, I um, I wish Coach Beard well and good luck to Ole Miss. And that was pretty much what he said. And the other two guys pretty much echoed it. said uh, Marcus Carr said the same thing. Wish him well, good luck to that. And Timmy Allen pretty much said, yeah, uh, same for me. So that, that was all that was asked of and all that was said of with regard to that because they're clearly dialed in on the – this press car, or this team and this game, and getting ready for the matchup. So that's what the the conversation was all about. All right. So then, uh, you know, and they had that was at the tail end of it after they talked about, um, you know, what what's worked for them as a team and the togetherness and uh, Rodney Terry, or what Coach Terry has done with them and how they've been so galvanized and all that. So they they finished up their media session, and then Rodney Terry came in, and. Um, uh, Cam, we'll just go in the order of these that that, uh, that that I've given you, the the one through eight. We'll just go in numerical order. We'll start on this in this sound. Uh, this first one uh, was basically his opening statement because they do ask the coaches to make an opening statement. Sometimes coaches don't want to do that. They just want to jump right into the questions. But they asked Rodney Terry for an opening statement. And, and this was part of it, basically, uh, when he was talking about the matchup that they're going to have tonight with the Colgate Raiders.
0: Got a really tough matchup with Colgate. Matt very has done a great job with his program there. Uh, I think this is a four straight NCAA uh, appearance uh, in a row. And uh, older team, a lot of guys have played in, a, in the NCAA tournament. Uh, they played in a lot of big games um, over the past you know few years. Um, this season beat a, you know beat Syracuse this year at Syracuse. Um, You're gonna get a team that's gonna take care of the basketball, play with a great pace. One of the best shooting teams in the country. Um, you know, put a lot of pressure on us defensively to get back and, and sit down and guard. Uh, but uh, a really, really good ball club that uh, we're going to have a great challenge with.
1: Yeah. Uh, so since we're on the subject of Colgate and this matchup with the Raiders, um, the, the whole thing came up, and it came up two or three times, this, this business of being a two-seed against a 15-seed, and – Uh, being uh, heavily favored and all that kind of stuff, and whether uh, a team that comes in as a double-digit seed uh, might be a little cow-eyed by all of that. And and, uh, one thing that Rodney was talking about is you're not going to see that with Colgate because we are, after all, talking about a program uh, that is the annual, uh, uh, the perennial favorite to win the Patriot League. And uh, over the past five seasons, they've won four regular season championships. They secured the program's first four 20-win seasons. They've won four Patriot League tournament titles and made four NCAA tournament appearances. Now, they've lost all four of those as a double-digit seed, but they played teams tough. I, I I did the broadcast of a game for Westwood One uh, four years ago when they played Tennessee, and they played the Volunteers, uh, a Rick Barnes coached team, off their feet. And I think it was a 3-14 matchup. Uh, maybe a two fifteen matchup like this, but it, anyway, it was one of those deals, but Rodney Terry's quick to point out uh, you know Colgate's got enough skins on the wall that playing in the n c a tournament is not going to make them wide eyed
0: well, they're not going to be intimidated by us for sure. they've been in this environment before, and they have the experience uh as a team um i think I think the thing for us you know we know that this is a a really really good shooting team here, you know, and uh we got to, to do a great job of really trying to defend the three-point line and keep these guys off the glass, and have a really good, you know, uh, urgency to get back on defense because they play with a really good pace to play on offense as well. Uh, just a really, really good team. I mean, but for us, we feel like we've been battle-tested. We played in the Big 12, the best league in the country, and every night you had to bring your A-game, and we're gonna to have to bring our A-game. We know in the, in the first round here against a well-coached team in Colgate, so. For us, you know, it's uh, it's kind of just the next game up on the schedule in terms of another big game. Every game's been a big game for us uh, throughout the course of, uh, of conference play as well.
1: Now, Rodney Terry by no means is saying that playing Colgate is the same as playing Kansas or playing Baylor or, you know, uh, playing Kansas State or, or anybody like that. He's not saying that. He's talking about pressure-packed games. The, the pressure-packed environment is no bigger than it is in the NCAA tournament because it's win or go home. So it, it can be one and done no matter who the seed is. Now, it, as to the deal about uh, comparisons, in the players' media, media availability, Marcus Carr was asked by one member of the media if, if there was anybody that they played this season was like Colgate And Marcus couldn't really think of anybody offhand, but he was mainly talking about style of play and how Colgate plays in terms of style. But I went ahead and asked Rodney Terry the exact same question at the news conference. Uh, Again, another one of those deals just to clear the deck and get that out of the way. And and, uh, I asked him, uh, you know, uh, Marcus was asked this question about comparisons. And I said, let me put it to you this way. Is there any team that your team has played that Colgate reminds you of in how they guard or how they play or how they shoot? And and, and Rodney had uh, an answer that involved two teams that are in this tournament and who are very good basketball teams that Colgate does have some similarities to.
0: Baylor puts so much pressure on you shooting the basketball in every position, uh, and, and their guards can really score the ball Uh, Colgate's guards are really good. They can really shoot the basketball and score the basketball. Um, Creighton was, you know, really good offensively as well and played with a great pace. So I'd say those two probably opponents we had this year uh, would be guys that we really had to defend the three-point line with, um, get back in transition with, just put a lot of pressure on you defensively. And and, uh, that's what Colgate does to you. They they really make you have to sit down and guard and, and play really hard on defense.
1: Yeah, so he's not saying that Colgate is Baylor or the, the, that they're Creighton. He's talking about the style of play and what the kind of pressure that their guards can put on a defense by the way they can they screen, their ball screening action is really good and how they can get open, and they knock down threes, as we know. That's the one thing that came off of this deal is that in, in this matchup is that they shoot nearly 51% beyond the arc, so they lead the nation in three-point field goal percentage. So that's that's a big part of it. So now, uh, you know, they get ready to take on this Creighton team, and Texas has been on a roll, as we know, and they swept through the Big 12 tournament. And you think about it, the uh, the four-in-a-row wins that they've had. Since that loss uh, 15 days ago to – is it 15 days ago? I'm, just, I'm trying to make sure I've, I've got this right uh, – Oh, yeah, it was 15 days ago uh, that uh, on March 1st, the uh, Wednesday night loss in Fort Worth to TCU. That's the last time i have lost a ball game because they've come back. They beat Kansas on senior day and to close out the regular season then swept all three games in the Big 12 tournament. So things have been going well for this team, and now they get ready to take on – Colgate as a substantial favorite. So, again, the question was put to Rodney Terry about pressure as a higher seeded team. And I know folks want to look to just two years ago when Texas was a three seed, and Abilene Christian was a 14 seed, and the Longhorns lost that game. They played awful that night, didn't shoot the ball, turned the ball over a lot. It was a different team in time. I mean, the only connective tissue really between then and now is Brock Cunningham, who was a part of that team then and now, and wasn't uh, the the part of the uh, of that team, the way he's the part of this team now, different coaching staff, different players, uh, so it, it's a lot different. So when the question about pressure comes up to Rodney Terry, he says it's no different than than how they have had to manage pressure during the course of the year.
0: You know, we've been in a really pretty good routine and, and groove, uh, the way we kind of do things on a daily basis, and uh, um, you know, I, I encourage our guys when they're doing really good things and uh, try to keep, you know, a really positive attitude uh, and approach in everything that we do. Um, Even when we experience some adversity, we we try not to be too negative with our guys. And I think if you have that kind of approach and and great spirit about yourself every day in in, in life in general, I I think you'll be, you know, uh, you'll be where you need to be. And I always tell our guys, you know, pressure is if you had to go out, you know, and, and do something that you hadn't worked on and prepared for, you know. We're going to be prepared for a really good Colgate team. And uh, you know all we have to do is go play the game and get out there and really get lost in competing at a high level. It's like no different than what they've got to do in the classroom. If you go in and take an exam, it's a lot of pressure on you. If you go in there and you're not prepared. But if you're prepared, you go in there and take that exam, man. You just knock that exam right out. So, you know, preparation trumps pressure. You just go play.
1: Yeah. <laughs> preparation trumps pressure. You know, the, the the players laugh and joke a lot about a lot of – Rodney's phrases and conversations. We, we we talked about this, I think, at our last show at Pluckers, uh, which was two weeks ago tonight. Uh, we talked about the, the phrases like uh, meat and potatoes and live where your feet are and things like that. Uh, remember, you got to remember Rodney's a coach's kid as well, and we're going to hear some of that next hour, uh, how he's dedicated this season to the memory of his father, whom he lost in August, we'll hear some more of that uh, coming up next hour. Uh, it is official, and I, uh, judging from the vibe I got from the Kansas folks yesterday, I visited with, uh, this comes as no surprise. Bill Self is not going to coach the Jayhawks today, so that's that's official. He he will miss today's first round NCAA tournament game. He is hoping uh, to be available for their second round game, assuming Kansas defeats Howard. <laughs> So one versus a 16, and uh, he would hope to be able to join the team for their second-round matchup against the uh, winner of Arkansas and Illinois. So that's that's what his hope is, is that he'll be able uh, to do that. But no Bill Self today. He will not coach the Jayhawks today in their first-round game. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, uh, Jeff Hal joins me. We'll have our Longhorn Notebook. Um, we've'll uh, we'll hear from Bob Donawald uh, we'll hear some more from Rodney Terry coming up next hour as well we have inconceivable and a lot more to come as we continue from here in Des Moines Iowa side of the NCA first round Midwest region action at Wells Fargo arena this is light the tower on the horn 1049 1019, am 1260 we're live local and digital on the horn app and at hornfM.com
0: Like the Tower. I
1: cherry, I the this is Light the home. Tower on the Horn. Craig Way, and yes, my try try co-host, the pride of Northwest Williamson County. Proud graduate of Florence we'll High School. And uh, you know him best for his outstanding work at Horns 24-7. Jeff Howell. Now in the building and on the program. How are you doing this morning?
2: Wonderful. Just last minute uh, filling out the old bracket. We do we do a family bracket challenge. Myself, my wife, my brother, and my
1: sister in law. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, Nice. I think uh, I think my sister in law won last year.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I do a similar one with. uh, It's kind of my family, extended family. It's like anybody that that's. Out of my siblings and relatives and stuff, is is welcome to join it. And the name of our 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 group that we do is Way Grocery.
2: Ah, uh, yeah, that's awesome. Remember that the yeah. Way Grocery?
1: Yeah, uh, that was my uh, my grandfather ran a grocery store, a small grocery store in Ashburn, North Carolina, for fifty five years. I think from nineteen twenty three to nineteen seventy eight, and uh, and it, it, so. Uh, in, in honor of him, we we call it Way Grocery. So uh, yeah, he's uh, he's in uh, that he's in our memory and all that. So anyway, we do we do the deal on that. Uh, I think I won it last year, but um, two years ago, twenty twenty one, the pandemic year, um, the bracket was won uh, handily, I think, by none other than Linda Thorpe. Now Linda Way, <laughs> she won it then. But like I've got what two of my brothers are in it. My two sons are in it. I mentioned Linda is in it. My brother's ex-wife is in it. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, so uh, there's there's and and his son, my nephew, is in it. So anyway, there's a, we have a uh, one of those uh, one of those bracket things. I do want to get into some more bracket conversation, uh, but right now let's get to our first hour Longhorn
0: Notebook. Jeff, Howe's Longhorn Notebook?
1: A Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, your home loan expert, your Longhorn lender. Check her out on the web at bowersockteam.com. See if she can do for you what she did for Linda and me, and that's to get that home loan approval turned around in a snap. She is, after all, the person who can make that 10-day home loan approval a guarantee a reality. Check her out at com. How about your impressions of yesterday's uh, yeah. news conference? We were hanging out together in the building yesterday. Yeah,
2: I, I heard you, I heard some of it on the way in, talking about Texas doing the t-shirt toss, and when Texas <laughs> got introduced, uh, it, it's, it's funny, you know, Brock talked about it, uh, I think even RT, RT was asked about it, I don't know if he addressed, I don't think he addressed it directly, but he was asked about it, and maybe Marcus talked about it, but you know Texas. Texas isn't very well liked universally when they go on the road. Right. Yeah. And when you think about this pod, uh-huh. you have got Kansas fans in the building. You've got plenty of Iowa State gear yep. in the building. You've got Aggies in the building, and you've got Razorbacks in the building. Yeah. So while that's there, quite the cocktail. While there was some cheers yesterday, yeah. you could definitely hear the booze when Texas Texas got on the floor. <laughs> you know, I I didn't go to the press conference. Uh I went to the open locker room.
1: Yes. I knew you went there when I went into yeah. the presser. I didn't see in the presser, and I knew that's where you went to the open locker room. Yeah.
2: So, I I hung out there with a few different players. You know you know who I think maybe one of the most misunderstood guys on this team is? Who's that? I think Tyrese Hunter is one of the more misunderstood guys on this team.
1: That's a good point.
2: Like, I, you know, I think some people got a negative impression of him because, quite frankly, he wasn't playing well at some yeah. point during the year. Yeah. But... You know, the more you hang around him, the more you realize he's mature, he's introspective, he'll give you a thoughtful answer, uh, and just just, an, just a co- great competitor yeah. on the floor. So he, I just – I don't know. I'm fascinated by him. I'm fascinated by Dylan Mitchell too. Like, Demons yeah. for being such a young kid, just, again, real introspective, wants to give you a thoughtful answer. And I say that. I don't say that tongue-in-cheek. I mean, some guys – you know, they'll give you the answer that they think you want to hear. But, that, yeah. you know, those guys really put some thought into
1: it. Uh, Dylan is one of those very expressive young men yeah. that had demonstrates those kind of childlike qualities, you yeah. know, that sort of stuff. Not childish, just childlike. So
2: uh, it's funny because we were talking yesterday about some RT sayings and, you know, the live where your feet are. Yeah. Dylan said he couldn't think of one that stood out that really made him scratch his head. Tyrese said, "You know, he's like, he's like, I don't know if it's a Southern thing. He's like, but when he says the hay in the barn, yeah. he said like, I kind of know what that means, but he's like the first few times he said it, I had no idea what he was talking
1: about. Yeah, like, yeah, hay in the barn, meat and potatoes is yeah. one they really like. they was like, what is, what is because who like, was Tyre,
2: like Tyrese didn't know what I kind of didn't know what I was asking him. It was like, you know, like when he says meat and potatoes and stuff like that, Tyrese like, oh yeah, 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 and then he went to the haze in the barn."
1: You know what Timmy Allen was with us on that uh, final Longhorn weekly show two weeks ago and Jabari rice and and they got to talking about some of those some of those uh, sayings that Ronnie has and meat and potatoes came up. we all looked at each other and Jabari said I do not know what that was meat and potatoes and then Timmy Allen said we finally said to coach because he goes it's a meat and potatoes day it's a meat and potatoes day. <laughs> we finally said coach. Can we can we have some sides with that? Can we have some sides with the meat and potatoes? <laughs> so uh, that's what the NCAA is because it's a full platter.
2: Yeah. By the way, specs text line three three seven three seven seven six. There is some uh, remodeling going on. Oh, somebody asked what that what Over that noise was yeah, in the background. Yeah. Craig was brushing his teeth with the uh, high-powered, you know. You know what? My electric
1: toothbrush almost sounds like that. It's, it's, <laughs> it's. It, Linda can tell you, it's getting, uh, it's getting long in the tooth, so to speak, and it's you starting know. to kind of. But here's, here's the funny thing: as I take a look back there at those guys, I was. Uh, <clears throat> Assured that the use of this room would not involve any remodeling going on. I was told on. there would be no remodeling. I was anymore. told there was throughout <laughs> the course. I was of the told, show. no, no, no. They finished most of the main work. They're just doing a couple other things. Well, uh, they, I was, it was my understanding there was to be no drilling going um, on. But anyway.
2: But, you know, and I spent time with Tyrese because going into the year, I talked about it. Everybody that covers this team talked about it. We talked about it on the show. How are How are Tyrese and Marcus going to make it work? Yeah, you know, two guys that need the ball, and you throw Jabari in there now, and that's three guys mm-hmm. that, that need their touches. and, yeah. and how's this all going to work? And honestly, Craig, they've made it work better better than I thought they were going to make it work. And, and I think all all of those guys. And yeah, we knew, you know, now we know Tyrese was dealing with the wrist injury. Uh, you know, Jabari's had to have his role coming off the bench, which was unusual for him. And then, you know, Marcus, uh, I was looking at some of the numbers because he got asked during the news conference, and I went back and, and listened to some of that yesterday, and that's kind of what I wrote off of for yesterday. I uh, asked about, you know, his shooting struggles late in the regular season and through those first two games of the Big 12 tournament. And I I went and looked at it. It was, it was worse than I thought. Yeah. Uh, so, against Iowa State, that win on February 21st at Moody Center, scored 13 points on five of nine shooting, was three for five from three. Over his next five games, he was 14 for 60 from the field, six for 31 from three. Yeah. But in his answer, he said, I figured – he's like, when my shot wasn't falling, I didn't let that affect the other part of my games. I, I wanted to become a better distributor. I wanted yeah. to, you know, play better defense. Well – I went and looked at those numbers, Greg. He did. Uh, Over those five games when he wasn't shooting it well, 4.2 assists per game, less than a turnover per game, 2.8 steals per game. So he brought it on both ends of the floor. And, you know, you look at Tyrese, we know he had his offensive struggles, but at that point where we kind of saw Marcus taper off a little bit, Tyrese, 13 points against Baylor, uh, 15 against TCU in Fort Worth. And he told me, he said, that was the game where I really felt like myself again. He said he really felt like everything was flowing, everything was clicking, that he, he really felt like, okay, I'm over the injury, I'm over whatever other issues there are, he's ready to rock and roll. Uh, and then had the 20-point game at home against Kansas, uh, 11 points on four for six shooting in that quarterfinal win over uh, over Oklahoma State. He had uh, nine points, shot three of eight, but was two for five from three in that semifinal win over TCU. Uh and and again when Marcus and Jabari had their 17-point games, yeah. uh you know, Tyrese only had 2 points, was 0 for 8 from the field, but he grabbed 4 rebounds. And he's, you know, he's one of your better he's probably one of the better rebounding guards in the Big 12 that nobody really talks about. I know the numbers don't bear that out, but between his his vertical jump and just how thick he is. You're right, he's a really tough matchup when he can get when he can go crash the glass and rebound. Um, so all all of those guys and they all talked about you know what makes he, what, what what each of them do that makes each other better. You know, uh, Tyrese was saying, for example, like Jabari, he said it's details. He said if I'm if my footwork's wrong, he said, or if I dribble the mm-hmm. ball off my foot, he said he's the first guy there to remind me like, hey, you can't let that slip. If you want to be a professional player, you got to be a professional. Twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week, three hundred sixty-five days a year. Uh, you know, Jabari and Tyrese said with Marcus, it's just—it's just that competitiveness that he has, that competitive sickness that he has that drives everybody every day. So, I don't think those three guys get enough credit for making it work in the way they've made it work.
1: Yeah, and and they're making it work really well at the right time. Yeah, right now it has it has kind of come together, and that's made a that's made a big difference to make it. To make it work well. <laughs> I
2: That's love this cool. on the Specs text line. He's yeah. channeling uh, the dad from Step Brothers. Dale, no power tools. Yeah,
1: yeah. Got one going on back there. We do, Craig,
2: we do have plenty of room for activities in here.
1: There is. This this particular room that we're in is a beautiful room. Um, that it even has a, the, its title is called Windows on 7th. And it's basically on three sides, large windows that face. Uh, face out to the street at the corner of Locust and 7th. And um, and so we see a lot of the the traffic going by and folks walking by and things like that. We're also uh catty corner to a convenience store, uh, which is kind of weird to see one downtown. But you you know how yeah. you see back in Texas, you'll see a, a 7-Eleven store or something like that like in the a middle wall, of like downtown. Like a Walgreens. Yeah, that kind yeah. of thing. This one is the big Midwestern convenience store chain is come and go. What could I
2: compare come and go to? Come and go is kind of like,
1: I guess, kind of like a Valero. A little bit, and and some of the some of the come and go locations. I guess
2: more like a Seven Eleven because Seven Eleven seems like they're taking over everything
1: now. Yeah, uh, some of the come and go locations. Are a little less snazzy than that one because this one's in the middle of downtown. The ones that are more outside of town are more kind of like Quick Trip or, yeah, or, or uh, QT is probably it,
2: it's some it's somewhere in between like a Seven and Eleven, you're running the mill yeah. convenience store and a, and a QT. Yeah, that's that's, that's and you'll see
1: some that look like an Alsup's. Yeah, when you get on out of town, you'll 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 see some of that as well. No, they don't yeah.
2: have the kind of burritos at also
1: No, does. they don't. No, no, no. But they might have a pork tenderloin sandwich in that in that come and go and. <laughs> i don't know they might they might all right uh so there's the notebook uh for uh for this hour um uh I, next hour i want to in the early part well i want to get into some bracket breakdown we haven't done that you and i haven't had a chance to do that and we'll get uh, cam let me ask you uh, have you done a bracket are you are you in the uh, all stat bracket challenge have you uh uh have you have you filled out uh bra- how many brackets have you filled out are you a bracket person
2: i am but um I haven't even finished my first one. I'm, like, trying to do it right now in the middle of this show. It's not going too good. I'm trying to figure out if Kentucky's going to be my final four pick. Is Kansas State I'm, – I'm, I'm in shambles right now, guys.
1: Oh, all right. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to give you a few minutes to finish a bracket so you can get it in before the top of the hour. And, again, online at hornfm.com, you can enter uh, that uh, all Bracket Challenge to uh, to get yours in, and you could win that uh, 55-inch HD TV from uh, AV Consultations. You could do that. We'll talk some bracket and uh, get Jeff's picks and mine and and Cam's, if he can get them together in time uh, next hour. We'll also hear more from Rodney Terry and from Bob Donawald next hour as well. We'll do that. Up next, inconceivable on the – Drippy, drizzly Thursday morning here in downtown Des Moines. Here on Light the Tower on the Horn, 104.9, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local and digital on the Horn app at hornfm.com. Light the Tower with Craig Way and Jeff Howe.
2: Inconceivable.
0: Inconceivable. 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 You keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means.
1: What could inconceivable mean when you're starting the NCA tournament. What could it possibly mean? That almost sounds like a rhetorical Bill Walton question. You know, uh, when you think about it, jo- what could inconceivable mean for the NCA tournament? It's ca- inconceivable that a team would lose in the first round. Um, say, how about if we uh, get your uh, mic cable uh, squared away there? We had a little. Oh, you know why? It's uh, much easier when you actually plug it into the uh, correct mic. Okay.
0: Try it now. There we go.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. How yeah. about that? There you go. All
2: right. Now we're cooking with peanut oil. Yes.
1: So. Um, I was going to say, we're
2: all spared from that,
1: by the way. Yeah. Thanks to the CBS tournament. He's not working the tournament. The NCAA would not allow that. Uh, anyway. Uh, but there's but there are other things to get to. I mean, it, the NCAA has produced its... Uh, own series of what would be construed as uh, inconceivable results. St. Peters over Kentucky last year as a 15 over a 2. Also, uh, as a 15 over a 2, Oral Roberts over Ohio State, Hampton beating uh, uh, Iowa State. Uh, It's happened. Was Uh,
2: was Duke Lehigh a 15-2? That
1: was a 15-2. And Duke Mercer was a 14-3, I believe, when that was. I'm pretty sure Duke Lehigh was a 15-2. Was
2: that C.J. McCollum on that? Lehigh yes. Team? Yeah.
1: Yes. Well-remembered. Ab- absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, maybe there's some uh, NCAA inconceivable. we got some other inconceivable stuff for you. One of the NCAA tournament sites is in North Carolina. It's in Greensboro, my hometown, which is about mm, uh, 200 miles uh, to the coast, depending on what part of the coast. The if
2: historic Greensboro Coliseum.
1: Yeah, it is. It is first constructed in 1959. It had an oval top. It looked a lot like Ferrell Center when it first opened. Seated about 9,500. They sheared off the roof in 1971. Double decked and went to uh, 15,000. And that's when they had the ACC tournament there for years and years and years. Had an ABA All Star game in there. It's where I graduated high school. Walked across the stage there. Well, they needed to they needed to uh,
2: raise the attendance because Ric Flair and
1: yeah. They were Black, all there. The, the blackjacks, and Yeah. They were, they were selling it out. They were, they were all there back in the day. And then they expanded it yet again when they got the NHL team at first, when, before the Hurricanes uh, moved over to Raleigh, and it seats 23,000. But about 200 miles to the east of it is the historic Outer Banks. Mm-hmm. Um, kind that's, of, where
2: we, that's where we had dinner, right?
1: Uh, no, we were on the, what's known as the Crystal Coast. Okay. That's a, it's about a hundred miles south of there. Okay. The Outer Banks is really, really wild and and stuff. Although it has kind of commercialized uh, over that, we were near Cape Lookout, which is kind of the wilder sibling of Cape.
2: Talking like uh, like Louisiana swamp, kind of wild.
1: Uh, no, more like deserted island, kind of wild. You well, know, I was, was going to
2: go Gerald on a Friday night, kind of wild. But yeah, that's, uh, not that's quite. a whole different level of debauchery.
1: Yeah, not quite the same thing there. Okay. But uh, Monday of this week. They found what they called a mystery item on the beach north of the Rodanthe Pier. Rodanthe is a is a tiny little community way out on the Outer Banks out there. Uh, I think Richard Gere and uh, Sean did a f- movie called Nights on Rodanthe. That,
2: you know the only reason I know that? Yeah. Because that was an adaptation of a Nicholas Sparks book that my That's wife right. read. That's right. Okay.
1: All right. Well, that was on the nightstand for like two months. All right. Well, Rodanthe is is uh, the uh, town out there, and they found what they called an orange vessel that was sixteen feet long and believed to be part of a home that washed away the same day.
2: Dang.
1: Yeah. Just you know, a one-story house uh, collapsed into the ocean on Monday, and uh, they thought. That this object belonged to the house, this orange thing, 16 feet long, and they were like, No, that belongs to the United States Naval Department. And then they said, We'll send somebody out to get it. And then it washed away. So what was it? They don't know. They don't know. Or they're not saying. Put it that way. I I think it had to do with some wartime stuff because uh, down there, uh, between there and where we were, is an area called. uh, uh, actually, below us called Topsell uh, Top uh, Island, B- and they have some old rocket launcher pads when they built by the Defense Department in World War II yeah. to, to, to ward off German uh, U-boats and submarines coming through there. So it's kind of a weird deal, a mysterious thing, and then it washed back out the sea, along with the house that, that washed out. You know, they like to say it's not that the that the islands are washing away. They're permanent. The structures aren't permanent. <laughs> That's the thing that ha- that happens there, because houses that aren't built to uh, for that sort of thing could be subject to it all. Obviously,
2: the person who put that house there was not an architect later.
1: No. Want to see the uh, dinosaur that has the record-breaking neck? The longest neck they've discovered in in prehistoric history. It's like the
2: Merton Hanks of dinosaurs. There
1: you go. I like that. Uh, It was a sauropod, a plant eater. uh, And it lumbered around what is now China. About 162 million years ago had a neck that was 10 feet longer than a typical school bus. Just the neck. Uh, And it's the longest of any known dinosaur. 49 and a half foot long neck would have allowed it to stand in one spot, it says, and hoover up the surrounding vegetation, maximizing well, the amount of food it concerns. Think it.
2: about it, like the brontosaurus and uh-huh. things of that ilk. Diplodocus. Of that those, ilk. Uh-huh. You have, you almost have to be a plant eater because you can't digest anything heavy with, with the gullet that long.
1: Yeah, it would take that long, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, these uh, fossilized remains called Mamatosaurus sinocanidorum, were discovered in 1987, and then first described 1993. But it's taken them a while and a fresh analysis of the fossil. The Journal of Systematic Paleontology this week said that paleontologists used computerized topography scanning that wasn't widely available three decades ago to uh, to compare the Sanocanadorum with other related sauropods unearthed in recent years. So. Uh, there's your wordy quiz uh, for the day. All right, uh, a couple other things. Um, one, um, this kind of depressed me a little bit. They have a dirty dozen list of of, of vegetables that wind up on the dirty dozen list, Mo- most likely to have pesticides involved with them. Two of my favorites, green beans and blueberries.
2: While you wash your veggies.
1: Yeah, you make sure to do after it after you get them from the grocery store. Yeah, make sure make sure you do that. Even so.
2: even the organic uh, gimmicks so watch those too.
1: Yeah. Uh, by the way, it says kale, collard, and mustard greens contain the largest number of different pesticides, followed by hot and bell peppers.
2: You know what's random? You yeah. know, like everybody has different triggers for different things when they eat. Yeah. Like because I've 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 got gout, I can't eat like uh like thick greens like that. Really? Kale. Yeah, because that stuff it's rich in. Yeah. I think it's purines or something along, yeah. some of that nature. Doesn't work. Then, work. like, it'll trigger, it could trigger a gout flare up. Wow. So,
1: yeah, that's okay.
2: Lentils are another thing that I'm, I'm supposed to stay away stay from. Stay
1: away from lentils? Yeah. They say anything about shellfish and red meat?
2: Uh, Just watch how much I eat. Don't, don't overdo it.
1: Yeah, okay. Uh, finally, we got a story from right here in downtown Des Moines. Yesterday. Des Moines? Yes. Chase Bank finally accepted the deposit of lottery winnings by a Des Moines woman 11 days after she won $100,000 on a $20 Super 20s ticket purchase from a local convenience store, not come and go, but Casey's General Store. That's another
2: popular change. Yes.
1: She struggled to get the bank to accept the check. 33-year-old Veronica Cruz, a mother of six, complained to Watchdog earlier this week that the Chase Bank, where she's a customer, froze her account, canceled her debit card, and held the Iowa lottery check issued by Wells Fargo after she tried to deposit her winnings on March 6th. The bank also sent her a message saying it might close her account to protect itself against potential fraud, even though the Iowa lottery itself had published news of her winnings on Facebook. (laughs) Uh, She says she now plans to withdraw the money and open another bank account at a different institution. She said she felt she'd been profiled as a Latina by employees at the branch on Southeast 14th, which is about a mile from where we are right now. So the bank's corporate media relations department has not responded to that. There's been no explanation, no apology. They just took the deposit finally, and she said, fine, I'm going to withdraw it all.
2: Yeah, uh, not that I was profiled or anything, and nor was it lottery winnings, but there was some shady stuff done at a bank that might share the name with the building. Oh, yeah. Later today. I did the same thing. I was like, you know what? I'll just take my banking business elsewhere.
1: Yeah. Stay away from that one, huh? That that branch, not for you. Okay. All right. Uh, Second hour uh, coming up here of Light the Tower from here in Des Moines. We're going to hear more from Rodney Terry also. Uh, my conversation with Bob Donnewald, the one time coach of the Iowa Energy in this town. So we'll uh, hear that. It's coming up. We've got another Longhorn Notebook as well as we bring you hour number two of Light the Tower here inside of the NCAA tournament in downtown Des Moines, Iowa on the Horn, 1049, 1019 AM 1260, or live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com.